Hey, John, how you doing? Super. Last episode, me and John uh, challenged each other to write for 30 minutes uh, in the morning before mm -hmm. our day starts, and I already know for a fact we've both been doing it because we started Snapchatting <laughs> each other in the mornings. <laughs> with the time filter. Yeah, with the time filter and our grumbly, messy, slobby Gross, stuff. Gross, yeah. Hanging over our computers like, all right. Let's do this thing. Yeah, it's been it's been good though. I Yeah. Um if I can get past the part where I'm I'm tired for the whole day cuz I didn't sleep enough, I would be great. Like I think it's actually affecting the rest of my day. I don't know. Do you feel Right. Um I, I think like... maybe just mentally. It's just kind of like I'm not wasting my time. But yeah. Yeah, maybe it, maybe it's just a mental thing. I just feel so like I feel like it speeds up my showers even. Like I'm just oh, all good. in that like time to party mode sort of thing. You're like let's do it. Yeah, I'm a writer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so on this uh, lovely episode, this is a really special episode because we had uh, two guests on. Every time <laughs> we have guests on, we're gonna have the the next number up. So next time it'll be three, and then we'll yeah, right. <laughs> Not really, though, because that would never be a great thing. Um, anyways, we had on Anna and Mary, and they host a podcast together called Coffee Run. Anna is a friend of mine, and they wanted to come on our show. I think we're going to be going on their show sometime in the future, but uh -huh. uh, we had them on, and we just talked it about it. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I hope you guys enjoy. Yeah. And we're doing this fun little intro, which is different. So, hey, enjoy. <laughs> it's so official. We got intros. Yeah. See you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hi there. Hi, Mathis. Hi, friends. Hi. Hi, Mary. Hi, Anna. Guys. Hey! This is a special day for everyone. This is a very special episode, yes. Because... We have our... Go ahead. I was just going to say, what was two is now four. We multiplied. <laughs> well, isn't that a great thing? Right? Okay, Mathis, go for it. So, this is our second episode having guests on and today we have mary and anna who run another podcast called coffee run coffee and yeah, coffee run they're so excited uh so yeah this anna is my friend and anna and mary co-host coffee run together and me and anna actually know each other because we are making a film together and that is like basically the origin and beginning of our friendship which is kind of like a unique scenario wouldn't you say Anna? Yeah absolutely I think uh, we met because we both had a passion for filmmaking and now we're friends so it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's kind of funny just going into this you know because it's like oh yeah like Anna's my friend and uh, Anna's having her friend and they're all on with me and my friend, and 
It's like, well, how do you all yeah. know each other? Well, it's just <laughs> because of a film. <laughs> That's the power of film. Don't let anyone tell you that film is not powerful because it, it is. It Definitely. quite literally <laughs> brings people together. It, it really a does. Friendship. And it, it's kind of cool, though, because I feel like most of our conversations right now are about the production of the film. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to get time to just kind of like hang out, talk about different things. and. So how did, how did you guys connect? Over Zach Braff. <laughs> <laughs> is that like Tinder? Yeah, what is... <laughs> <laughs> is Zach Braff like Tinder? <laughs> I mean, no. Uh, not exactly. He could be. <laughs> he could be. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, it could happen. Well, no. Okay, so Zach Braff, he is a filmmaker. He directed Garden State. Most mm -hmm. of you guys must, must have seen Scrubs, yep. the, the TV show. And he was on there, but he's also a writer and a director. Anyway, so he made Garden State, and turns out that that is one of my favorite movies ever, and it's also one of Matt's uh, favorite movie ever. Yeah. So um, then we both found out that he did like a Kickstarted thing for a film, which I was here, <laughs> and we both like donated to that. And it's kind of a fun funny story because I bought oh, like here a T-shirt. <laughs> it's a great story, Mathis. It like, is a good story. It's a good story. We, uh, we, like, okay, so in a Kickstarter, like, you pick, like, the package <laughs> that you want to, like, donate to. Uh -huh. And so I wanted the T-shirt because, like, T-shirts are cool, right? But best. whenever I bought it, like, I got an email <laughs> saying, like, we ran out of T-shirts. And I was like, well, that's baffling. Okay, so they just sent me the soundtrack. And then, like, a year later, I think, or a couple months later, I meet uh -huh. Mathis. And turns out that he got two T-shirts sent to him. I really did. <laughs> so this is just me and the universe, like, conspiring to give me that T-shirt. So, yeah. Yeah, the whole reason we're friends <laughs> is for Anna to get back her T-shirt. Because the running gag yeah. is that I not only have my T-shirt from the Kickstarter, I also have her T-shirt. From the Kickstarter. Exactly. Wait, but still, how did you connect them? So you donated to the same thing, but then I don't. I mean, when did oh, you guys? Well, like, oh, did you guys? You right, know it, we met. Like, yeah. oh. <laughs> okay, so um, Mathis, he had an, an old roommate who was a really good friend of my childhood. And then I was looking uh, for a project to write, oh. uh, literally looking all over the place, like looking in Russia, looking oh, Russia. in Mexico. Looking... Yeah. Not even joking. <laughs> I'm not even joking about this. Like, I wish I was uh -huh. in Spain. Like, I was literally like getting scripts from all over the world to get uh, a project going. And then um, my friend, this guy, he was like, well, my roommate, he that? wants to be a director. Are you guys there? Oh, there, there. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're still here. Um, what I was saying is that my friend was, um, what's it called? Oh, my friend was like, well, my roommate is a writer and a director, wants to be a writer and a director. Uh, you should ask him for something. And I remember I emailed Mathis, like a creep, being like, hi, I'm a producer. I'm looking for a script. Hi, I like your face. And... Um, send me a script. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Slightly, happened. Yeah. Exactly like that. And then he, he sent me something he already produced or, or wrote for another thing. And I was just so blown away by his writing that I was like, dude, this is not the story we're making, but you have to write it. Yeah. And that's how it got started. I remember when Mathis told me this whole story, 
and he was explaining like how well you do your job and I just kept thinking like you guys would make such an awesome team like in a production company Aww. one day <laughs> Like it, like it would be like the Kathleen Kennedy to the J.J. Abrams. You know what I mean? Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Jesus Spielberg. Whoa. Like, are those good whoa, woes or whoa. bad woes? No, totally I'm wrong. Why <laughs> Me too. Everything no, I... was going so great with that comment, and I know what you were implying, but why is that honey, not a good wrong. comment? Like. This is how you know that me and Anna are a good duo. She was offended on my behalf. Why? <laughs> Anna, Anna is definitely a prodigy in the sense of like going to become a Kathleen Kennedy, but I am no, I'm no J.J. Abrams. He's like, no J.J. I didn't say you were now. That but... is insulting. And first of all, Miss Kennedy does not work with J.J. She works with Steven Spielberg. Well, pardon me. I was just trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I think we came out a little that hard true. for that one. Oh. I'm sorry. I know. But, but I know what you mean. And I do think... Um, I, we were talking the other day, but it, it's really fun working with Mathis. And I think because we agree uh, on most perspectives on filmmaking, that's why everything is so much fun, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. And Hopefully um, one day we can be like them. That would be pretty freaking cool. Not gonna lie. Oh, that would be really cool. Um, so we both started podcasts around the same time, and I've been following Coffee Run, uh, not religiously, but I listen to all the episodes. <laughs> and um, Anna's been following uh, Hello and Adieu pretty. Um, not religiously. <laughs> no. Um, uh, yeah, so we were both like, it would be great to eventually do what we're doing right now, and now we're doing it. Um, so yeah, this is really exciting. Um, yeah. In in the in the style of hello and adieu, we usually start our episodes with any stories we have from the week. So if anybody has a great story or a funny story or anything, this is the time to speak. Oh my goodness. We do have a couple of funny stories. Yeah, we do. But oh, I don't whoa, know if you guys want to hear them. Yeah. Stick, stick to one real good one. Guys, There's four people on the one line, here. girl. Come on. Don't get greedy. Don't get greedy. <laughs> the one in the car. Oh, yeah, because that one's like you like and I. Of us. Okay, yeah. so before we we got here to record this thing called Hello and Adieu, um, we went out to a coffee run because we have a podcast named Coffee Run. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> 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 and then, so we were in one of our friends came along you know and she's pretty normal i would say yeah. Not <laughs> and um so we were driving back because she she needed to go back to school and we needed to drop her off so one thing you should know about me is that when i'm driving my car automatically turns into like a karaoke machine like as one does. it is a party yeah. in there yeah. like it's extreme and because i'm so tiny like i'm really i'm a really short person like if i like pull my seat really close to the steering wheel, I can hold the wheel with my knees. I know it's not great, but it's actually very dangerous and I'm I'm scared every time she drives, but it's okay. Anyways This is fine. This is fine. It's okay. We've all done it. Um no. <laughs> So we were driving back and um I have my iPod like plugged in into my car and shuffle and a song from the Bling Ring soundtrack came on. 
which is a 212 by Celia Banks. And it's a very, it's the, the song where they're in the club scene, you know, and it's very like upbeat and, and funky and everyone's mm-hmm. like dancing. Dressing. So, yeah. So me and Mary, we started dancing, right? Like hardcore. So we're jamming and we come to like a red light. And my friend who's sitting in the back, she's like, you guys, the guy in the car next to us is like giving you really weird looks. <laughs> so I look at Mary and I'm like, okay, when the light turns green, we're going to look at the guy and like wave oh at him God. like really crazily and like blow kisses and be like super obnoxious. And she's like, okay, yeah. So we keep dancing throughout the entire red light. And then green light comes on and we just wave at the guy, blow kisses and... The guy was so embarrassed. Yeah, not us. He was. He was. <laughs> so, that, so, moral of the story is: if somebody gives you a weird look, just keep doing your thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was really funny. I laughed. Me too. <laughs> I didn't mean to I stare. Know. I was just driving, and I saw you guys. So it's like not my fault. Okay. <laughs> I'm exactly. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't. Today? I don't know how John's feeling about that story, but I really thought it was going in a different direction. I was like, I was thinking like flamethrowers, some gnomes. Uh, what? <laughs> this I was like, this is gonna be a near a near fatal car crash or something. It's gonna be oh, like, no, no, so I no, usually no. drive no, with my knees, I... and we're at the red light, and I was like, oh my god, what happens? No, no, and it's actually, just dancing. Actually, at one time. Anna and I, we, um, well, Anna crashed her car because <laughs> oh I, she, was, she, she was driving properly, actually. There's one time I was driving with both of my hands and then I crashed my car. Yeah. Can you believe that? I cannot believe That's that. That's why I just drive with one bit. We were not even listening to music. <laughs> that so. is preposterous. We were so focused. <laughs> so, no. I mean, this is why I just, I just drive with my knees. It's safer for me, I guess. It's okay. Um, we all do it. No, I'm kidding. Like, literally, to anyone listening, don't do that. It's a really bad habit, and I'm trying to, like, I literally get over do it, it all the time. Good for you. So. Math is... You yeah. really do. I do. You, you drive with your knees more than your hands, by far. It's because I'm good at it. But <laughs> That's Mathis, me. You I'm really good at it, too. had a really fun thing that you did this week. I... I did, yeah. A fun thing that was, like, two years in the waiting. <laughs> I know. So... Yeah, you know. Um, I know. So I know, too. This, this is great. We're recording this episode a lot earlier mm-hmm. than we usually do, which is great because I can still feel all the aches and pains and adrenaline from what I did. But um, This could be a numerous amount of things. It could, right? It's such, a open, it's such an open door. Uh, so this Monday, yeah. I went and saw the 1975 in concert. and Jelly. Yeah, I know that, uh, Mary, I heard that you really, really like them, and I know, Anna, you like them a lot, and... Yeah, yeah. I I have to say, like, if you ever get a chance to see them in concert, it's an amazing, amazing experience, and it's, it just goes beyond them being a good band, like, um, what was really funny starting the night was that we show up, and my friends are like, um, everybody waiting in line is a teeny bopper. Like, they're all <laughs> middle school that, to high school. That accurate. Little girls, all dressed the same, copy-paste <laughs> little girls. And I was like, who do you think listens to the 1975? Like, this is the audience. And they were like, I just thought it would be different. I thought they'd be like us. And I was like, no, nah, we're, we're kind of the outliers for this one. 
And, you know, going in, I had this very judgy, like, like all, these girls just love the song Sex and Chocolate, and they're just here yes. because... <laughs> they're just here because they love the singles. I was like, that's who these, that's who all these girls are. But we get in the concert, and I feel like I couldn't have been more wrong because there was so much affection for the band and so much connection to the audience. And I just completely forgot that probably 70% of them were like um, girls younger than I was. And it just it just became a body of people so excited to be there and i was really really grateful for that um something really cool about them is their lighting design is incredible every song has a completely different uh light show to go with it and the light shows looked like every song like it was amazing down to like the certain colors that they would use for each song like um like, there's one song where they would use, like, really stark red and blue and clash them against each other all over, like, the display behind them and all above them in the lights. And you're like, this is literally what this song looks like. Like, I'm blown away right now. And I loved that a lot. Um, but uh, something... What I really like about seeing bands I love in concerts is that it usually shows you another reason like why you love them like i feel like a concert is a very um eye-opening experience for your band and um as i was sitting there like uh or not sitting there standing there it's like standing room only like it's this packed room sweaty bodies everywhere i've never been so happy to be sweaty in my life though um so I'm, like, reflecting on the lyrics as I'm, like, standing there and I'm singing with them and everybody in the audience is singing with them. And I'm realizing, like, every, like, almost every song they write is a song, like, at least having some form of brokenness and very, um, very, being very vivid and uh, transparent about that. And they're up there and they're singing those songs and everybody is singing along and um, and they're so into it. Like, I'm looking around, and I'm realizing that one of the reasons why people are drawn to uh, an, the band, the 1975, uh, and one of the reasons why they are set above other pop music is because they will look their own, their own faults and thoughts and feelings, like, in the eye, and they will say what they're feeling about it. And everyone in the audience has been where they are. And the reason why it's young people is, like, this also came upon me while I was standing there, is because the 1975 is a young mind. Like, it is, it is a young human's mind, and it is the things that a young human thinks or does or says. And all of these people are listening, and they are feeling it, and... There's a certain power with being able to say to say what they say about their their brokenness and to say it in pop music in such a like unorthodox way, you know, like to write a song about how you are never going to give up your cocaine addiction and then to put it to such a funky beat and to just get up there and sing about it. There's like something to that that's very real and something that people are very drawn to and it just it struck me as so powerful 
Um, and my favorite song on the album is If I Believe You on the new album. And it's John, I've talked about it on the podcast. It's the, it's the song about him questioning if he could believe in any sort of spirituality or religion or anything. So they they finish their set and um, and they're not actually done. You know, they're going to come out and do an encore. And they did a massive encore. It was great. But they... Everyone's cheering wildly, and they come back on stage, and the first song they sing in the encore is If I Believe You, and um, and they walk back out, and this whole row of gospel singers, like, walks out behind them. No. And, yeah, and they're all standing behind them. That's amazing. And I was like, oh my god, they're going to play this song. And they start playing it, and the entire crowd is singing along to this song. Wow. And my heart was just like stirring because the song is about it's about people who have struggles like believing in religion and believing yeah. in a god and the whole crowd is screaming it back to the band and there's that line in the song when they're like and I'm begging you Jesus show yourself and everybody throws their hands up and they're like wow. I'm begging you Jesus show yourself oh and I was goodness. like I was yeah I just had goosebumps I was like this is so insane you know like that was one of those moments where i was like i don't even remember what kind of crowd i'm standing in because at this point they're all just they're all just hurting people which has been the same for all the songs but but it was just so true and clear right there uh but yeah like i said at the beginning of the story i've i've been waiting to see them for two years and it was just such a great experience such a connection you know between you and the band and the audience and such a great show and i'm just i'm very pumped about it uh my neck and my back and my feet all still hurt from it and i'm okay with that it was worth <laughs> but it was very crazy wow that's awesome though i think um there's definitely something magical um about going to a concert and being surrounded by people mm -hmm. who are very connected to the same songs that you are like it may be for a different reason but it's just they're there for a reason, you know, and whatever that Absolutely, reason, yeah. yeah, like whatever that reason is, I just think it's so magical. Like when you really think about it, it's so surreal as well um, for a singer or for a band or whoever wrote the song to have people connect the same way, but it it, it meant to them. Like it, it just blows my mind. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's my cool story. Um, I think it's you, also you just cool us. whenever you don't know a lot of people who like the band and then you're standing in a room of 800 people who like the band and you're yeah. like, oh, see, here's the fans. <laughs> it was also... <laughs> Not a Coachella. It was also... Right, I was, gonna, I was actually just about to say, um, except for Coachella, this was their first date for their American tour, which was really cool because like they played their first song and the sound... Not the song, the sound, but like the sound of the instruments goes down. Like everything stops, everyone's cheering, and the cheering dies down. And Maddie, the lead singer, comes up to the mic and he's like, Hi, America, we're back. And it's just, it was so great. Back. He's such a <laughs> he's character. Like, we're back. He is a character. He was drinking wine the whole show. It was really funny. He's just up there dancing with his wine glass, like singing along. And he's such a charismatic, like, Guy dances to the songs. It's singers it's a are really so weird. Like it like, sounds like it sounds almost like a very spiritual experience. It really does. I mean, it, it definitely you was. Know, 
we've talked a lot about before, you know, the thing that connects us all. And it seems like that's definitely like one of those scenarios where you can definitely just tell that there's something that connects us, but we just don't know what it is. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Because in that experience, you guys probably felt like you were one thing together doing that thing together, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It was a very spiritual experience, and there's such a spiritual band, you know, so I was like, this is going to be a spiritual night, and I just was not let down in any way. Which I think is a good lead-in, because I I don't know much about Anna or Mary, so did you guys (laughs) grow up religious at all? Do you guys, are you guys into the spiritual stuff? Because we are. (laughs) We definitely are. Wait, you guys are? I never, I never noticed. I mean, what? No. That's so weird. (laughs) Right? I I do hide it. pretty apparent. I hide my opinions. John, the thing is, is they haven't gotten to the second hour of any episode because that's probably what the problem was. Respect, respect, I respect that. That that makes sense. That makes sense. We get it. Wait, you guys told us this was going to be like a funny episode. (laughs) What? No, I'm kidding. I mean, I grew up religiously. Religiously. (laughs) Let me say that again. I grew up in a religious family. Um... I would uh, so okay this is the thing I was born in Mexico City but I was raised in Texas so you're raised where in Dallas te- no in Texas in Houston so um I grew up in the largest church in America because at some point my mother worked at the church and um, oh. so to me it was completely normal to spend four out of the seven days of the week in the church yeah. <laughs> you know uh-huh uh, <laughs> you're like, yeah, uh-huh. To me, that uh-huh. was just, like, what everyone did. Like, that to me was, like, the normal yeah. thing. Um, of course. I was yeah. super involved in church, you know, like, leading worship and, like, life group and this and that. And then... Oh, cool. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was me when I was, like, I'm talking, this is, like, 15, 16, like, because this is what uh-huh. I was raised to do. But then when I was 18 right. and I actually went to a Christian college my first year... I just kind of had that moment when I when I was like, is this really what I want to believe, or is it something else? So that's such a big question. Exactly. What, do you know what it was for you that made you first ask that question? Yeah, um, I took a class. Uh, so I went to o- ORU uh, my first year of college, and I took a class on theology, on the history of the church. What's ORU? Uh, Earl Roberts University. Um, it's one oh, of, did you really? Yeah. I've heard all about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just spoiler alert, I dropped out. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Why? I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I was taking this class on history of the church. And to me, it did not make sense to have such a loving God. Um, so my background is charismatic Christianity, okay? So Ooh, for fun. me, it's, it's God and a loving God, a gracious God, a God that does miracles out of love for us, and then see all of this hate and tragedy happen in God's name to build up the Mm -hmm. church. So I was like, this is, like, this doesn't make any sense. And I just started questioning a lot of things. I started seeing how a bunch of my classmates and friends and even relationships that I was in with, with well, not with guys, but with a, with a guy. Um, <laughs> just um, With all the men. With all the men at ORU, you know? <laughs> really wanted that ring for spring thing. Um, how, Girl, we feel you. <laughs> how um, it just 
it didn't, it almost seemed like it was a bubble. And it was oh, a yeah. bubble that I didn't want to be a part of. And for me, it was, I remember, uh, so the semester was over and I went to the admissions office and dropped out without telling my parents. Fun story. Oh my God, I didn't know that, Anna. That's <laughs> great. So I remember I come back home, you know, good old Texas, Houston, and I tell my madre, <laughs> madre, I dropped out. Hi. <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Disculpa? You know, because my mom, she's the most hysterical Mexican mom any, any Mexican could have. <laughs> and um, for my parents, like, college is such an important thing. Like, my dad had two doctorate degrees, and my mom, you know, she's a psychologist, so she's always studying. Like, she has her master's and, like, a bunch of things. So for them, having their two daughters with a college education, like, it's a big deal. So I think for my mom, whenever I came and was like, hi, good to see you again. So I dropped out, <laughs> you know, was mm. a shocker. And then yeah. um, I kind of had like a midlife crisis at 18. <laughs> it happens. Oh, girl. I feel you. Yep. And um, in my midlife crisis, you know, that semester that I was just not doing anything, traveling, seeing what I wanted to do with my life, seeing what I wanted to believe, um, one of, I just one day woke up and got a dream and I was like, well, let's go to Mexico and figure it out. And now I'm here. I decided to stay and do college. And honestly, it, it's been great because I feel like I finally came to terms to my spirituality and my relationship with God. And it may not be what the church tells you, but I know it is rooted in what the Bible, Bible tells you. So it's oh. more about... Oh, my, so you still... You're still like a Bible person, even though you kind of left the church? Yes. I just don't believe um, the modern church is what the church should be like. And when I mean the church, I'm talking about like when you go into Acts, that community, that that right. that body of people just supporting you and guiding you towards that, that betterment of your person. Um, so... I don't know if that makes sense. Like, it makes sense in my head. Like no, I, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I just, I always yeah, say that I don't believe in religion. I believe in having a relationship with Jesus. And that's what I do, honestly. Yeah. And I feel close to him. And I feel, um, of course, I don't think I have the perfect spiritual life. I don't think anyone does. But I feel like I'm in a place where I know tomorrow will be better. But I'm not lacking of it, if that makes sense. Well, and you have the perfect spiritual experience for you. You know, I mean, I was just about to say that. Yeah, it's whatever yeah. your experience is. It's perfect. I mean, it's your. I don't know. I feel like we compare it too much to like what someone else is doing or how so, how close someone else is to God. But I mean, really, wherever you are is where you're supposed to be. And to me, I mean, that's there's nothing wrong with it. I, I think we grow up uh, in a way where we separate the two. We like say that this is the real world, and then this is the the spiritual uh, ways or the the lifestyle. But <laughs> I mean, we are all we are all, <laughs> we are all spiritual <laughs> beings. No, we so really are. Like I think. Yeah. Yeah, I just wouldn't call yourself uh, not perfectly spiritual because right. we, it's we all are. spiritual. Exactly. Well, and, and that implies that there's a rule book. 
And <laughs> exactly. I just don't think. I don't think. think yeah, I was gonna say that. I don't think there's any rules when it comes to spirituality because, and I, I told you this, Mathis. Like sometimes I'll go see a movie and I was like, that was a spiritual experience. Like, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. Or totally. like the other day. Um, well, not the other day. Like a couple of weeks ago, I went to do the scouting for one of the places where we're shooting our movie. And I remember I came back and I was like, that was such a spiritual thing. Like, wow. Like, I can, like, I imagine, like, whenever the entire crew is here and the actors and everything, this is going to be so spiritual. I cannot wait. Um, So it just. And I think that's good. Well, I was going to say, like, I don't think spirituality is just prayer or reading your Bible or, you know, Mm. singing worship songs or going to church. Like, I don't think that is like everything like every single thing about this world is spiritual to me wow that sounded like super like <laughs> existential but <Are> okay <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, i think i'm, I'm in the perfect place to say it but <laughs> honestly oh, yeah. yeah seriously um but i think that i don't know which is i think our society or our culture or the church whatever you want to call it has limited spirituality to a sunday thing and it's yeah. it's more oh, than yeah. that not to um, continue to talk about uh, the film that we're producing for this entire episode, but <laughs> it's just, it's very exciting, you know, to hear things like that because um, we're setting out to create a very spiritual story, you know, about somebody's own uh, spiritual yeah. being, their own um, their own soul. And I just think it's very exciting to hear that a place could exude everything that, you know, like I would hope to. Uh, anywhere that I would bring a story and that's just really exciting and it's almost like that place was revealing its potential to Anna you know it was you know telling her into intuitively you know this is going to be a good spot right this is going to be amazing yeah which to me yeah we have so we looked everywhere for that place and when we found that it was like you're welcome I found it I told you about it you're welcome (laughs) 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 um yeah. Anyways, well, Be- Mary, do you want to tell us? Sure. About well, you. Well, before we before we move on to, before we move on to Mary, I just was wondering, um, is your biggest reason for leaving ORU spiritual reasons? Absolutely. Would you? Very interesting. I just didn't want to be in a place like you. Like we, you guys went to a Christian university, so you guys can probably relate. Sure did. But, <laughs> but it was kind of like chapel, and you had to go to chapel. Yeah. And in chapel, you hear about like you know you got to be the light, you got to go out in the world, and like the kids in the film program are like, yeah, I'm gonna make movies for Jesus, and like I'm gonna do all this stuff for Jesus, and it's like nobody in this place needs more Jesus, like. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like, oh, I, I love that. Like, a guy out there needs Jesus and not in a, you know, God's not that way. Like, he needs it throughout a story that will connect to his own struggles and shortcomings. Not to, oh, let me go get in my prayer closet so this can be fixed magically. No, because that's not how life works. Um, not saying right. that miracles cannot manifest, but honestly, like, there's so many people out there who still need to come to their own terms, not even with God, but with their own life. Like, they're, mm. they lack purpose so much that I was like, I don't want to be in a place where it's all going to be, like, super greedy about me and my spirituality and how can I become or pretend that I'm becoming a better person and a better Christian. So I just left. If anybody just could just a... go... 
I'm just gonna say this, like if anybody that goes to ORU like listens to this, I'm sorry, I'm not judging you. It was just for me. <laughs> no, I mean right. I, I we totally it's all understand. individual. Um yeah. you know, I think we me and Mass have talked about our experience at our college and as much as we talk about the things that were wrong with it, I loved my time at our college. I mean I would not Precisely. I would not change it for anything. Um but you know, obviously there's flaws in anything and Unfortunately, they are just a part of my journey in which I talk about. But I loved going to, you know, our college, even though um, it was. Right, exactly. But I thought of yeah. something while Anna was talking. Um, you know <coughs> you know how people say, like, you can't love someone else until you love yourself? You guys know, I like, I think how, Justin that... Bieber said that. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say, John. Yeah. This is exactly where mine... Well, right now. For the, I, I never thought of this before, but it would make sense to me that we can't even love God until we love ourselves. That's um, true. Or even Jesus. And I think maybe that's kind of the problem that we see, at least in modern day, is that, you know, we don't really love ourselves enough. And I think, how can we love something else when we can't even find the joy and love within ourselves? Like, how can we even um, project that onto you know, a God figure if we don't even know what it's like for ourselves, you know? It's so hard to come before before uh, a God that you consider all-loving if you don't love yourself. Like, it's almost like you're carrying resentment for your existence if right. you're, like, trying to love a God and you you don't like who you are. That actually wasn't where I was going to go, but I'm going to take know, my That's happened to us a few times. <laughs> It has, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a good. What I was point, gonna say, John. That's that's really good. That was really good. Yeah, I liked that. Um, what I was gonna say, this I when you said that part about making movies for Jesus, it made me think of how any time that anybody sets out to make anything uh, for Jesus, not any time, but I think that a lot of people who would um, who would follow uh, the modern church. I think they forget to make something for themselves, and I really, uh, oh, yeah. I really stress that in my own life, and I try to stress that for other people's lives. I'm like, yeah, obviously, if if Jesus is an important figure in your life, if God is an important figure, like I would want, I would want you to to make something <laughs> with your spirituality in mind, but like also make something for yourself. Yeah, and yeah. I don't like that and language if. If it's so exclusive to like, well, I feel like I need to write these songs because Jesus. Like, because of Jesus. Is that it? Is that really the only reason you Exactly. Have, like, you know? Jesus doesn't need, like, this is the thing about God. Like, he's so great. He doesn't need us to make things for him. And yeah. <laughs> the moment I realized that, like, I know that sounds like such a simple thing, it changed my life. And, like, coming back to filmmaking. Right, and right. I, I speak of filmmaking because it's, it's my passion. And, I mean, Matt, as you know this, but... Um, I feel like we are most like God when we are creating something, something that is true and something that it's honest, mm. because that's what he did I with us. So the moment you're creating something to just fit in into a Christian culture or, you know, have a Christian production company, which is kind of it's it's right. it's a very marketable thing right now. And I understand why so it many is, people yeah. are like going <laughs> after that. Um, and you're just creating things to like please someone else, I don't think you're being true to what God wanted you to do, if we can put it to that term, or like, 
or what he created you for, you know? Because I think we were creator we were created to be creators, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I Absolutely. think and I think God only delights in our success and in the journey of creating something. And I don't think God has that ego where he's like, give me that glory. Um, I think, I think he, he enjoys to see us being successful and, you know, really fulfilling our purpose and passions. And I think we almost do ourselves a disservice when we kind of take the credit away from ourselves sometimes and we give it away because I think, you know, we kind of have to hold on to that in order to move forward you know to feel better about yourself and yeah i just i just hate art that is created that is not authentic and it's you can see it you can see it a mile away yeah i think uh, jesus I hates think that... bad art to be honest oh scandalous <laughs> well, i just probably agree i i don't i think jesus hates bad art because he's oh. he wasn't a mediocre creator. So like when you're creating Ooh, something like claps for you. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, like if you're gonna make something, make a hell yes. out of it. Like don't now make got it snaps too. <laughs> I'm just saying, like it's just something. It's like it's not infuriating, but it, it's one of those things. Like listen, like if you're gonna take the time, the energy, it may be a day, a week, whatever. Like make the best out of whatever you're making. Like. Ooh, yes. So. I like that. <laughs> snap, snap, well, snap. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's why I have a problem with, like, the self-deprecating nature of the church. Because yes. for me, it's like, when we talk about how, like, low we are, it's like, but if God created us, as you said, you know, God does not make mediocre things. And so if we are God's creation, we are not mediocre. We are these beautiful treasures, and we need to yeah. believe that we are. You know? Exactly. And you know, you know what I was thinking about earlier in the week was that <laughs> oh, you got some snaps, John. Sorry. Snap, 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 you, snap, snap. You know. Wow, who snapped for me? It was. I me. did. <laughs> oh, that was you. It was more. It was more just like excited about what we're talking about, not like right. The thing right. I said, but I just th- these things make me snap. <laughs> well, something, something that's I've actually been thinking about a lot this week that is sort of relevant to this is that there is literally nothing else on the planet that is better than being a human like we are this is the best thing that you can be as as a creation as except for sushi no but yes you, you're our... so true like that is i don't know if you heard my joke but um <laughs> please tell it <laughs> I was like, I would disagree. I would say sushi is the greatest creation, but I mean, <laughs> that's funny. Don't mind. I like me. that. Don't mind well, me. And but I don't. It, I don't. Oh, sorry. Go, go for it. Go for it. No, it's all you. Finish your thought. <laughs> it went away. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I feel like we're like on like a panel, and like you kind of have to like give your ideas before someone else. Like, <laughs> oh, exactly. So, so I apologize it's... for uh, intruding. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. Oh, is it me? Yeah. Yeah, okay, you're up. I'll go. Go for um, it, John. But I was thinking, see, now it's not like in the flow. But um, I was thinking, as you were talking about, uh, you know, that it's unique that we're humans or whatever. Can you say what you mm-hmm. said again? Um, I was just thinking about everything that existed, everything on the planet, everything that was ever created, everything yes. that is. Like, there's nothing better than being human. It's, it's yes, the best. Perfect. And if you think about I think we've talked about this 
before, but I'm not sure. Like, if you think about the statistical chances of you existing, like, it's astronomical. Like, the idea that, like, this is going to be a little awkward, but, like, the, the <laughs> idea that, like, that individual, like, sperm and egg came together to make you, like, there were literally, like, oh, no, millions and billions of, like, different sperm, and, like, you were the one. You were that, a winner like, since they there. won. And it's, it's a little weird, but if you think about it, the statistical chance that you are going to grow up and be you are so astronomical. The idea that we actually exist is like so beautiful and so unique that we have this experience yeah. because it could have easily been someone else. But it's such a romantic chance, idea. Like, you know? And I think we forget about that. I think it's yeah. such a romantic idea when you think about it. Like Definitely. just even waking up in the morning, like it's almost like we take we it for granted. Like, yeah, we take it for granted. And like, when you think about it, how many people die a day? Like you, yeah. you're still here. Like you've still made it. You know what I mean? So, Anyways, so Mary, uh, <laughs> what about you? Did you grow up? Yeah, in that was that was <laughs> that I'm was great, like, Anna. Gosh, I'm just listening to you guys. I'm just listening. My B. I'm sorry. I'm a listener. No, no that was great. Um, for me, um, yeah, uh, for me, I was born and raised in Mexico. Um, so I'm a Catholic. Uh, like this is something mm. you guys need to know. Ninety-eight percent of Mexico is Catholic. Yeah. Oh, awesome. wow. Not awesome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anti-snaps. <laughs> no, I mean, it's okay. So I'm a Catholic. I was, I went to Catholic school for like my entire life until yeah. college. You had nuns as teachers. Hmm. I had nuns as teachers. I had priests as Ooh. teachers. Ooh. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean... Fancy. No, it's pretty <laughs> normal here. <laughs> um, I don't, I think, I wouldn't trade it. I mean, I wouldn't change it. It's okay. I had fun. Um, I learned a lot of stuff. The Catholics always do. They always have fun. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> um, no, I think it'll change it for me a little bit. When I was around 15, my grandmother died. And, you know, crisis, you're mad at God, all that. And, yeah. but I had, I, I, she died during the summer and I went back to school. And that semester, I had a really, really good teacher. He was not, I mean, he was religious, but he was not like in the church. He was in churchy. Yeah, he was in churchy. <laughs> and right. I don't know, the, it was a religious, uh, a religion class, I think. I don't, I don't remember That's the name the of the class. The thing about like, well, like private, like Catholic schools, is that it's like religion class, but they only teach you about the church. Like they don't teach you about any other religion. Yeah. <laughs> no, but oh, the cool right. thing, the cool thing about this class, it was not really like about a Bible or, or like uh, Jesus and all of that. It was about how to connect with God. That's cool. So he. Uh, he taught us how to pray and he was like praying is not just saying like Holy Mary or whatever Mary. It's actually talking to God and connecting with the like the energy around you well, And he got that. fired right. after that semester <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine Oh my that. god, because of that? <laughs> yeah uh, But that class really helped what? me a lot um, that makes me so angry <laughs> It took me, me too. like three seconds to this understand what just thing, happened like, in, in, the Catholic division of Christianity, like prayer is you 
repeating the Hail Marys yeah. and yes. I don't know the other prayers. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's very, it's very <laughs> I don't know the names in oriented. English. <laughs> yeah. And one thing that I've noticed, like, you know, I'm probably like the 1% that's not a Catholic here. And <laughs> and plus, like right now, we go, we both go to business school. So it's like a secular um, university. So religion is not even like Satan a, school. Yeah. 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 It's a heathen school, you know? Exactly. <laughs> real, real wild, real wild. Um, yeah. So I always like what I've noticed because it's so ritual like oriented. I don't know, like correct me if I'm wrong, Mary, but most people is like they just do it because yeah. that's what they were taught. But it's not like yeah. they know what what it means. Yeah, they're just repeating words. They don't like they don't know what it means. They just you know they just there because they think it's what they have to do. And that's what's gonna make them good. Right. Yeah. So that's so what I hate about it. <laughs> But um, my, after that, no, uh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. You have more. <laughs> no, I was going to ask you a question, but you, you definitely have more. Uh, so after that, after that class, what? I just, I can hear you. Hello. It's okay. Just keep going. Can come you back. hear me? Okay, so after that, <laughs> um, I don't know. You just changed my perception of religion. And uh, yeah. I came to terms with a different like way of living my religion and I have lots of friends who are mad at like the Catholic Church because of the school you know because they, we have to go to mass and pray and all of that and I don't know I just they don't but they just hate it they don't really have a good reason for they it. just hate all their rituals yeah. but it's nothing I yeah. think like for you and that's the cool thing about you is that you just have your own, like, I don't even know what to call it, but I guess definition or revelation. I guess it's a revelation or who God is. And I mean, I don't Ooh, think you're, you're like. Tell. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to hear this. Oh this my is God. basically my question. <laughs> so much pressure. Um, I live for this stuff. <laughs> uh, no, I just think. Um, I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to order my ideas. Okay, so I just think that God is like a love. I don't think it's a person. I just think like it's some like energy and it's love. I think God is love. That's you it. got snaps. Yeah. yeah you got snaps. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think God I is think, love. That's it. I think we have a real problem with our modern day religion of thinking of God as a physical human being like we are. Um, cause I think we're kind of, I don't, I mean, obviously no one knows like what God is, what he looks like, but I, I totally agree with you. I, I see God more as an energy that flows through everything and like moves through everything and isn't everything than like a little literal physical person. That's like, Hey, what's up? (laughs) And plus like, I think. Like, not not bashing on the church or anything, but growing up, like, you hear mm-hmm. so much, like, God the Father, you know, um, right. God the Son, you know? And it's just, That's like... so confusing to me. <laughs> well, and, that is I, confusing. And yeah. I think the confusion and, comes is because, you know, they say that God created us in his own image. And so it's yeah. like, okay, we're human. But it's but, just, um, it's one of those things that you don't know what that implies. Like, the Bible, like... Right. If yeah, you, you don't know what that means. Exactly. <laughs> like, the Bible is so ambiguous... Uh, like, if you look at the original, like, text, like, the Hebrew yeah. and, 
you know like it's so ambiguous the way it's worded that sometimes like in the trend like a lot of things got lost in translation or a lot of things got taken out of yeah. the translation because it was too scandalous for people to handle so um, right. really like you don't know what that means and i think a lot of people struggle with their relationship with god because their own father figure was not a great you know fatherly figure that whenever they're like got the right. father they're like f that like my dad sucks and also i think that uh people tend to blame god for everything and i'm just like right. why like god didn't make you like fall downstairs <laughs> that's stupid he <laughs> tripped you he came yeah, down from he heaven you, he and he tripped you <laughs> yeah yeah and at the at the end of the day i think we are like like he he gives us grace to endure like endure our life but it's not like he's making every single move out for us because yeah. i would just be like playing the sims you know like we are the sims and he's playing the sims with us like, <laughs> like I, don't, i don't think that's how <laughs> i fyi when i was little like i used to love the sims but i would spend like hours making the house all great but then when it actually came time to play i would get bored in like five minutes And just never played. That's funny. That's God. <laughs> That's God. He made an awesome girl and then let us do whatever we want. <laughs> go. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I just, I, I still go to church and I still pray and all of that. But I, for example, I look at my mom or my sister and it's very different the way I, I don't, I do okay. things and yeah. look at the religion. So, yeah. Cool. I guess I guess I would just like I would like to know more about that like what is I, what well, does your I, spirituality I, look like in your in your everyday life go ahead John what are you gonna say well I was gonna ask us but like this can be for everyone but like when you when you pray what who is the God what does God look like what to, I don't know how to phrase this What? Who do you pray to? <laughs> yeah, well, who do you pray to, but then what does this God look like, essentially? Yeah. Um, does that make sense? No, it makes energy, sense. Energy, right? Yeah. I just think it's kind of like energy and like a presence. I don't know how to describe it. Like, um, yeah. It's something you feel, I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. It's like something you feel. Like When I pray, I don't... Like, I don't do Holy Marys and all of that. I mean, I still do it, but not yeah. when I go to church. But Because um, mama's watching. Yeah, because mama goes to church. <laughs> but um, no, like, when I pray, I just, like, talk to, like, this energy, like, greater thing out there that I cannot see, but I can feel it. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't pray for things like, uh, oh, yeah, like, I want to win the lottery or make me, like, have a... Please have <laughs> my crush like my Instagram picture, God. <laughs> no, I'm just like, uh, please make me wiser to, like, make the right choices. Because at the end of the day, is me making the choices, yeah. you know? Yeah, it makes like, sense. Make right. me, like, help me have exactly. a clear, clearer picture of uh, things so I can make a better choice and things like that. I don't ask him to do the things for me. Yeah. And I think it's so of wise. Of course. Well, that's great. I mean. Um, to answer your... your so, well, go ahead. What? Well, do you go to mass just because of family? Like, it's sort of like you're pressured into, like, you have to be there? I mean, 
Yes and no. <laughs> I go because my mom wants me to go, and I don't want her to be sad. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I also go because I like sometimes. Like, I don't know. I think you talk about this, uh, Mathis, on one of the episodes about like um, some phrases on the Bible that sometimes mean uh, something to you in that moment and. I don't know. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, absolutely. it's, it's kind of like that. So I just go in here and kind of make my own mind about what's happening and related to my life at the moment. Yeah. And just using that time to um, think about like what's respect. going on. Yeah. yeah. Just like think, like a, like a peaceful moment to think, I guess. And I so, think. Go ahead. I think what. One thing I like about ritual, like in the Catholic Church, it's kind of like, methods what you were saying about the 1975. There's something also beautiful about that ritual of people doing it together as one. And I think that's kind of where I, I kind of think the ritual of the Catholic Church is kind of beautiful. Is that, you know, everyone's saying in unison these prayers. Um, and I mean, whether they mean it or not, I think is irrelevant. <laughs> but I think just that unison um, is something that unison as a community is something beautiful. Would you guys agree? Yeah, definitely. Like one of my favorite parts of um, like going out and like spreading the word of God and all of that uh, when I was younger was seeing all the people in the community like coming together and making this huge celebration about uh, something they believe in, like the energy you like you can feel the energy like i get yeah. uh, goosebumps and uh, you know like Goose yeah it's Look just at you girl yeah it's just uh really yeah. cool and that's what i like it's like when it, in a concert that's why i like like live music so the energy of the crowd it's kind of the same right. thing yeah and is. i think that um the the really gray line there is that there is a lot of power to spirituality in community uh, and I think that sometimes uh, in church history that translates into, well, there's a one-size-fits-all for spirituality. Like, uh -huh. yeah. we're all together, so we're all doing the exact same thing. And right. there, is a, there is a sense of individualism and a sense of community to spirituality. Nobody is experiencing it the same way as you, but you're all experiencing it together at the same time. And I think over time... Uh, we've definitely come to that, like, well, we're all together, we're all doing the same thing, so this is this is the same cold hard fact to yeah. to every person here. They're all doing it together, you know. It's the same thing to all of them. We're all in and this together. There are two different uh, elements to that, you know. Like it's. I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that's the fallacy that we've um, learned to believe. Right, and it's so okay for us to be in community in a spiritual connected way and for not all of us to be thinking and feeling in the same way about what God is, you know, like you don't have to be coming with the same idea that's in my head if we're both is, in the same experience. And that is what I wish the church would voice. And, you know, that idea that it's okay, you know, I and think, I've never heard that. It's just, I think the church in itself the church as we know it, whether it's the Catholic church or the Christian church or whatever church you go to, it was created 
to structure order in society. Like it's a way, it's yeah. a way to control the masses. So it makes uh -huh. sense for them to have kind of like a one size fits all kind of like right. theology. Right. Because if you have a lot of people wondering like, huh, do I really believe this? Like, did the Bible really say this? Like, did they actually mean this? Like, what does this mean? You know, what do you mean? Then a bunch of people can <laughs> start doing really radical things because that's what happens when you ponder and when you question things out. You go and do things because you're changing your mindset. So um, it makes sense that uh, church has functioned like that for such a long time, and so many people keep living that way. Um, but I guess right now, and I'm seeing it, like a bunch of people are starting to really question, like, is this a community I want to be a part of? Like, is this uh -huh. really what it means to be a community? Or are we just like here? Or is this just like the group of people I hang out on a Sunday? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So I yeah. just, I think um, church is going to come to just, uh, like, I feel like in 20 years, church is going to be so different than, than how, how we see it today. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Well, to echo off what you were saying, like, essentially, the whole creation of the Bible was to make it all make sense to anybody who wanted to step into it in a, like, one-size-fits-all. Like, I you don't can throw Bibles so, at people. I don't oh, think so. Oh, disagree with me. Go for it, yeah. Like, I, I do don't think... think... I don't think the Bible was created for that. Like, honestly, I think the Bible was created for you to know who God is. Like, it's not a book of conversion. It's not like, let's make this a bestseller of the New York Times. Like, I don't think that's the purpose of the Bible. Like, if you look at the way it's structured, like the, the order of the books, like the way I see it, it tells you who God was before you got here, what what he did for you and what his plan is for you. So you can have a clear, kind of like, a clear information of who he is, and then you can gather your own conclusion. Kind of like in class, you know, well, I'm in business school, so the way I see it is sometimes I get like all this, like information, like business. <laughs> Did I just get a snap? <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> you just get like all this. That was this. my knuckle. Oh. <laughs> How do you snapping? I'm like, well, thank you. I know I'm in business school. I still don't believe it. But... I can snap for you if you want. <laughs> but the way I see it is like sometimes like whenever we have to do like an innovation in, in a business. So you get like your financial statements. You get your employment uh, culture, you know, your organizational communication. And you look at all of that. It's almost like you get a snapshot of what it is. And then you come to your conclusions so you can make a strategy. And I think the Bible is basically that. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes yeah, sense. It, I don't it, think that was a good analogy. Yeah, but I, I got it. No, it does make sense. Um, I think for me, the problem I have with the Bible is, yes, it does give that snapshot. But I think it gives a snapshot of what the people back then believed God to be. And I think, you know, what me and Mathis talked about last week is that, you know, God, our idea of God evolves as time goes on. And I think it's hard for us to put, I think we've evolved so much as a culture and as a people that it's kind of hard for us as people today to see God ha as they saw God 2,000 years ago. I mean, absolutely. You know, we and talked I about what will God, what will God look like in a thousand years? And we both thought it would be 
you know, drastic, well, maybe not drastically different, but different in a sense. And yet we're pulling <coughs> from this source of, you know, written knowledge from a th- 2000 years ago yeah. and we're using it to influence how we see God today. But I don't like, um, let me, let me rephrase me. Like, I don't think that everything in the Bible is literal. Like, you know, sometimes we take everything for literal, but I think yeah. it shows you the character of who God is. And the moment totally. you, the yeah. moment you know someone's character is the moment you can make, like, let me put it this way. Like, I know how Mathis is going to react to certain things because I know him, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. He knows his, like, I know his character. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of like what the Bible is for, just so you know who God is. I'm not saying that right. Um, right. he doesn't change because that would be, like, that would be erroneous, you know? Like, it's just everyone changes. And if we are created in his image, like, we are very fickle human, like, beings so i just think that um people get so fixated on you know the bible said you shall not lie and you shall not do this and do that and i mean i think that was just there because it needed to be there at that time but if you look deeper into that like what is god telling you well maybe you should have a boundary for your life you know like at the end of the day if you just lie all the time it's not that good for you if you think about it but I, I don't think that it's kind of like written in stone and it's going to be this way until the end of the world kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Right. And, and I, Go for it. My, my thing is, is that I feel like there are clear cut lines in certain places in the Bible that do not seem clear cut to me. And there are things in the Bible that they decided to keep out because they thought that it wasn't appropriate and there's so many things things, (laughs) right there's so much that's been kept out and it's been created in this way where i do think that it reveals the the character of god um but i would still say that there is a second intention there where it's like okay well there needs to be these clear-cut lines here because if they weren't this is what would happen to the masses like um for example, you know, like Paul has in one of his scriptures, like women are not allowed to teach in the church. And there is a lot of different, um, there's a lot of different uh, commentary on that, that sort of tries to back it up. But it's sort of just a hard passage to backpedal because that's a very, that's a very strong thing for him to say. And when you put it in place of the times, like I could see how maybe they had to keep something like that in there. Um, but, you know, like when, when legalism shows up in the old Testament, I don't feel as uncomfortable with it, but there's just, there's certain things that I'm like, that is there to influence the masses with your religion. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard certain things about church history, but there's a few, there's a few things about Jesus in the gospels where we're not actually sure if they even happened. You know, and it's like, well, this story has to be here uh, in the sense of, uh, well, by showing this story, it's saying this to the masses. And by keeping this story in here, it says this to the masses. Um, And I don't know if I believe that some of it didn't happen or some of it didn't. If some of those stories didn't happen, I, I would believe it. If they were like, well, we've proven this. Actually, Jesus did not do that. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. The Bible was written so long ago. Like the people who wrote the Bible were still like 60 years after his 60, 70 years after his return to heaven when they even wrote the book. Like they don't even remember what happened. 
don't so, even I remember mean, what happened yesterday. That's all I mean in the sense of, like, I think that there's certain control to the masses through the way that it's structured. I have I have something to say about that. Um, I took a sociology class, like, uh, a year ago or something, and it was about the construction of society. And part mm -hmm. of that was how a certain group of people who were kind of, like, most... I don't know, educated or educated people, in the, like with power. Um, intellectuals of society. Yeah, kind of like intellectuals. They collect all these stories of uh, like a certain group of people and they make them um, appear as if they were true so that people mm -hmm. are in that area, for example, can like relate to that and have some sort mm -hmm. of feeling of... Um, like um, community belonging? and belonging, like belonging to a yeah. place. So I kind of, I, I think that's kind of what happened with the Bible. You know, I like, like yeah. it, it became. Yeah. A I would book, agree. It became a book about um, uniting people in like a culture, but maybe they, I don't know if the intention was to manipulate, but. Yeah, it turned no, out no, to no. be I... that way. <laughs> no, and I do yeah. think, like, I think the church uses the Bible that way, you know? Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's just how you apply the Bible. Like, honestly, not that you can just take out what you want. Like, huh, I'm just not going to look at the book of Psalms because <laughs> LOL, don't like that. <laughs> no, but I just think it's just how you apply it to your life, you know? Um, like, if you want to just, you know think about, you know, the book of Revelations, like, eh, just no. Or if you want to look at it like, you know, this is, this may happen one day. Okay, cool. Like, it's up to you. Like, you shouldn't let the church dictate the way you look at the Bible. Like, I guess. That's for sure. Like, I think uh, yeah. that's what I've been trying to communicate. I don't know if I've been successful in that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I always, absolutely. Like, uh, I, no, go, go ahead. I was just going to, like, respond to what Mary said. I, I agree. I don't think that it was, like, a goal to manipulate. I think that it was very uh, optimistic goals for when they created the Bible. They were like, this is how, this is going to help us unite civilization. It's going to bring up communities, and it's going to cultivate culture. But being this far down the road from its creation and looking at all the things that people have said God definitely is... And you're like, well, I understand the goal of the Bible was so positive. Like, like they didn't mean any harm by it. But can we right. really put our finger on it this far, this far uh, into Christian um, uh, religion? Like this far into Christianity, where now a lot of people are saying, you know, like is this, is this all God? Like, or did they have to like? cut some corners did they have to draw some lines like did they have to set concrete where it didn't belong um so yeah that's that would just be my my response to mary john i think that you should give whatever thought you've been holding on to for the last seven minutes <laughs> from the topic how do you know i've been holding on to a thought because you've tried to talk two times in the last seven minutes <laughs> no i mean <laughs> no, I mean, you, you guys have pretty much said everything. I think, I, I don't want people to think I'm, like, hating on the Bible. I don't hate on the Bible. Um, Same. I think, for me, like, it doesn't it doesn't matter to me whether the Bible is literal or not literal. 
because I think the message is still the same. You know, yeah. like, we can't know for sure if, if everything was literal. There's literally no way we can know. So whether you believe it's literal or whether you believe it, none of it or it's all story or parables, either way, the message is still a good one. I mean, the message of Christ, whether you believe in Christianity or not, is not a terrible thing to apply to your life. You know, being compassionate, giving grace, forgiving. I mean, those are all things that we can all apply to our lives. And I think that if the Bible has one intention, it's to teach us those things in our life. And um, so, yeah, not hating on the Bible. So, um, can, yeah. I, can and, I say and something? And I've never thought that you were. <laughs> can say I that say again? something before um, like, we change the, uh, yeah, we <laughs> yeah, change the topic? Go for it. Um, go for it's it. It's just really funny to me that you're just um, like saying names of books in, in the Bible. And I know they are there, but I've never read them. I've never read a Bible. I mean, I have read the Bible, oh, but like not, not studied. Like studied? Yeah. When I had my midlife crisis, oh. I read the entire Bible. I don't think I retained the, Ooh, good for you. the entire Bible. That's kind of Bible what happened to me too. Because I, I was so desperate trying to look for this revelation. Like if I really wanted to believe this, like I needed to know, you know? Yeah. But I don't think I remember most of it which is bad. I'm well, sorry. and and I think the thing is is it's kind of like one of those things where it's like familiarize yourself, know exactly what you got. This is just for me, but I was like I need to know exactly what I have and then I yes. can take a step yes. back from it, you know, like what have they been telling people for thousands of years before right. before I go through my entire crises, you know, let me just decide like what's what's been set out there and yeah. let me just look at it in my own eyes without yeah. the church giving a sermon on it. So yeah, I, that was yeah. me. Like I had yeah, to I, see it for like, I, ha and I, I totally had to go and see what that. they had been telling my entire life. Right. Yeah. Anyways. Cool. Are we good? Are we good cool. to move on? Cool. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Cool. We good. Um, so I, you. all of you watch Kimmy Schmidt, right? So, yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I know you. You've all not Mary, because Mary doesn't know me super well yet. Yet. yet keyword. But um, Anna and John have both been hitting me really hard to watch Kimmy Schmidt. So last night I had a little bit of free time, and I was like, I'm gonna watch the first three episodes of the first season just oh to have something to say on uh, the podcast. <laughs> wait, so I before you say anything. Wait, wait, wait. Before you say anything, if you did not enjoy them, I'm going to be really, 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 really disappointed. <laughs> Just saying. Would you want me to lie if I hadn't enjoyed it? No. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I shouldn't have said that up front because I'm not lying. I actually did enjoy it a lot. I do think it's it's really smart and I think it's um, really quick and fun. Um, but what really uh, hit me, especially in the pilot was that it's this very exotic start to, to Kimmy Schmidt's uh, journey, but it was so real. I was like, this is literally just a story about people growing up. And in the sense of a child leaving home, she is somebody who never fully grew up and left home. Now she is a grown-up, and she's expected to, to go live her life. And I was just watching it all, and I was like, I've been in these scenarios, and I was not, I do not come from what she's come from. It was just such everyday, simple, stupid struggles of what it's like to be on your own. And that's when it hit me that I would love to talk about identity in this podcast because um, 
that's something that me and John have had to struggle through since we left college and to go into like um, adulthood with with everything that that brings with it especially the stupid small things that keep messing you up in your life and hitting you the exact same way that they hit Kimmy Schmidt like I think the show took a more profound hit on me than yeah, most people, or maybe, maybe it's. <laughs> but that's I don't know. You, it was Mathis. just very. Like, it was are... very moving. I don't know, guys. I that's was like, so that was you. really moving. But like, that's um, that's you. I that's think just you're me? like you're. I would say like the only person I know who always takes like a super profound outlook on like <laughs> TV shows and movies or or little things like that. And I'm like, wow, I wish I was like that sometimes. Uh, well, but yeah, it's, so... it's so cool though. Like when when you were talking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, like I can totally relate to a couple of things that Kimmy has been through. Like, you oh, know. and trust me, the list only grows, Anna, after you finish college. <laughs> like it just gets worse. Um, oh, stop it! But I, I wanted really to. Don't want to I wanted to <laughs> say that again. Yeah, you need to stop because I don't want to graduate. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm ready to graduate, <laughs> but I'm not. Um. Right. Yeah, I think that this is a really, um, this is a really uh, unique thing that me and John are very, very much at the beginning of this departure from from that type of life, and you guys are about to go into it. And <laughs> I, like I mean, I would just, bro. I would just love to talk about that. Anybody can roll with it based on what I just said. Well, I thought we were going to yeah. talk about Kimmy Schmidt for a second, but <laughs> since we're in identity right now. <laughs> um, hey, feel free to jump in with your Kimmy Schmidt thought if you want to go there before it goes deep again. I mean, no, it's fine. You should watch Unbreakable Kimmy okay. Schmidt if you haven't. Uh, I mean, it was good. I was season like, this two is, really funny. is hilarious. Like, it's just so funny. Um, anyways, identity. Who are we? Um, that's a really good question. That's a fantastic question. It's phenomenal. Um, I think that we tend to find identity where our heart is. And for some people, that may be a job, a passion, a validation, their self-worth. Um, so that's – I'm not saying this is good or bad, but this is why sometimes – I've seen people who break up with their boyfriend or girlfriend and they're just in shambles, you know, they don't know who they are. Or somebody gets fired from their dream job and they're just hopeless. Or you graduate right. college and because this is where you had to spend all your time and time is kind of like your heart, you know, because it's the most valuable thing that we have as humans. Um, you graduate and you're like, what the hecky am I going to do in my life? Um, so I think for me, honestly, like, and, and you know this, Mathis, like, I've been ready to graduate since I was a freshman, honestly. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but just because I'm so, like, determined into what I want to do. Like, I know I want to make movies, and I want to make movies because it's the way I can explain my life, and it's the way I can contribute to the greater picture, if that makes sense. Um Right. So to me, whether that means moving to L.A. or, you know, Singapore or Mexico City, whatever you want to call it, like, I just know for me, like, that's what I'm going to do. 
and that is not that my identity as a filmmaker, like not that, you know, if people ask me, oh, who are you? Oh, I'm a filmmaker. No, like, no, that's not what I would say. But I do think passion is such mm -hmm. a big part of identity um, because it's what makes us. And we're kind of a mashup of every single thing that we see, that we watch, that we read, that we listen to. Every conversation that we have with somebody makes us who we are. Yeah. So somebody can take the ball and bounce it back. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'll take it unless somebody else has a thought. They can go with. Take it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. You bounce um, that ball. <laughs> what's, what's really, here's what's really crazy, not to like scare you or anything, Anna. I know that I could never scare you, so that's not even a No, but a you problem, can scare me. But... You can scare Mary. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> The thing, the thing is, is I was, I was so ready to leave too. Like, I would talk to John when we were still in school. I was like, I don't like it here. I want to leave. I want to move to LA. I want to go make films. Yada yada yada. Like, and then I left, and it was so hard. I was like, I didn't think it would feel like this. Like, and granted, you probably have a much stronger sense of your identity than I did at the time, but. You know, I moved across the country to live in L.A., and I wasn't a student anymore for the first time in God knows how long. And I was, I was like, I don't know, I don't know what to do, you know? Like, I didn't even have a job. I was like, I don't know what to do with my life if I don't have a job and I don't have my school and I don't have my friends. Like, what, what am I supposed to to do and what you said is so right like where your heart is is where your identity is um and you know one of it's not a pet peeve yet it might become one but um when people first meet you and they ask you what do you do it just it irks me a little bit because it's such an early question and it's such an unimportant part of who you really are and I know that people don't do it on purpose, like it's just a filler question, like it's a quick get to know you question. But it just makes me, like my my internal response is, I don't even want to tell you because it's not who I am. And living in Europe for a, a long majority of time, like 10 years, like people do not ask those questions. And Americans ask those questions a lot. I don't know what it's like in Mexico, but it's always one of the first things out of somebody's mouth when they first meet you. They're like, so what do you do? And I don't even want to answer them because it just, it feels like I'm not even being true to, to myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, just answer mm -hmm. the way I answer. I tell them I'm a human being. And you? And but you, I like you guys to pretend I'm a snap. Again, I'm on fire tonight. Um, no, I get what you mean, but this is like my my thing with life is I'm not afraid to be uncomfortable. Like, if, right. if for me to be a filmmaker, I have to be a professional hobo and live like under a bridge. Cool, I'll have a story to tell. And it's just, it's one of those, I, I know I'm going to the extreme with this, like, this is, like, super extreme case, but, like, it honestly, like, I, I, it's not like I'm unhappy being a student, like, yes, I hate, I hate group projects so much, and I think that the education <laughs> system limits creativity as a whole, 
but that's another topic for another <laughs> for another episode. But um, <laughs> I love learning. I really do. And um, whenever um, I learn something like that I li- that I like or that I didn't know, I get so giddy about it. But the reason why I want to leave it, it's just because I feel like I've been dependent on so many others. You know, like other people, like my parents, mm-hmm. my family, and my school, like. You know, my student discount at the movie is like, I'm ready to live life as an adult and face those struggles. And Mary's giving me this thing kind of like, you crazy woman. But um, just right. seeing... Right, you're a little like, crazy. <laughs> I mean, Jack Kerouac once said, it's the crazy ones who change the world. Ah, kidding. Uh, don't you quote Jack Kerouac on this <laughs> podcast, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> You know how I feel about Jack Kerouac. Anyways, um, what I'm saying is that adulting is hard. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to boil an egg, but I think I'll manage. Like, honestly, I think if you know what, I think this is a thing. I think this is a thing, you guys. Like, LOL. If you know what you want to do, if you are set on what you want to do, I think the struggles and, and every shortcoming it's just going to become part of your, of your story before you get to do what you want to do. And not saying that once you We're, become who you want to be, it's not going to be hard. But it, it's just you got to have a, like, I don't even know how to phrase it. Like, I honestly don't. It probably, like, probably, right, and all, like, it probably sounds ahead. like I'm a stuck-up person that's so full of herself, but I really am not. Like, I just, wow, that's like something a stuck-up person full of themselves would say. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Someone, someone cut this out. Like, <laughs> not <I'm>, happening. <laughs> <laughs> we know, we know. I know, but I just think that your identity, like, you need to know who you are and what you're worth. Because if you're thinking less of yourself or more of yourself, like, that's where when I think you have issues trying to figure out life. Um, no, but I, I kind of get what Matthews was saying, but I also get what you're saying, but I think you're saying different things. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, um, <laughs> what you're trying to say is that part of who you are, part of your identity is your passion, right? Yeah. And Matthews was saying that um, what you do, like uh, your job, is not part of your identity. Am I right? Matthews? That is a certain problem that I continue to run into, and it just keeps identity at the forefront of my mind, which is why I bring it up. I, it's a certain part of your identity, but it's not really true to it's your essence, all of I would it. say. Like, yeah. It's not all of it. Like, it's minimal. Minor, minor, minor part of it. Minor part of it. Like, I, just, I, think, I honestly think we're a mashup. Like, our identity is a mashup. Um, and... We like to, um, as humans, because we need relationships. Like, we really do need people. And sometimes I wish we didn't. <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, can I get an amen? Like, sometimes I really do wish that I... <laughs> sometimes I wish I didn't need people because life would be so much easier if we could do it on, on our own, really, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. But um, because we need people... Um, that's why our identity sometimes is found in someone else or in something else because we we need that like we cannot be on our own 
and that's why we we just I don't know. Someone take it from here. I'm done. Uh... Well, it, no, nothing's nothing's harder than knowing yourself, and it's easy to just throw your identity into something else, mm-hmm. and then when that thing's gone, it hurts so much. But it and it's because it takes so long to truly know yourself and to truly be at peace with wherever you want to be. And when you do become when you do become a fully supporting uh, self dependent adult it's all the little things that culminate over time it's like all the little obstacles like wait i have to pay for that bill and i don't have any more money in my account or oh now i have to go there because there's no more food in my fridge like it's the, it's the little things where you're like these aren't even things that i thought about going into yeah. it yeah like even there's no it, obviously there are the there are the big exactly obviously there are the big idea things but even down to like the little base of it it's like certain things that just keep throwing themselves in your path and you're like i just wish i was not doing this sometimes um, but i think the little like, things and... are what makes us you know like because the big things like let's say speaking of filmmaking sorry i keep coming back to it but it, it, it's the only thing i can talk about because it's what, what i want to do like moments on set yes of course some like a hundred percent of the time shit's gonna hit the fan but like you know that you're prepared for that like that's what you signed up for but the little things like i get so frustrated when i cannot boil an egg and i feel like that that prepares my character more than whenever an actress quits on set you know and i know that's so dumb but i do feel like the little things are what make the big changes in our life I think that at least for me the real the real key is to just remember that the little things are little because it can perpetuate itself in your life like you can let it bother you or break you down more like um like loneliness is a big thing after you leave uh school or you start living on your own and you're not anybody anymore um and that feels like such a thing that can totally drag you down because you find identity with other people like that comes back to that but also just because it's the little moments it's the moments when everything stops and it's just you and your problem for that moment that really that really hinder you and like we were saying at the very top of this conversation Anna you said it like you really do have to keep your eyes beyond your circumstances sometimes and just remember that there, I can find peace in this. Like, I must find peace in this. It's going to drive me crazy. And it's a it's a major learning curve. And, John, you could speak to it better than any of us because you're at least, what, three years into it now? Two years into it now? Uh, yep. Yeah. What and, part? <laughs> I, don't know. I, I, I would I like think, to hear your thoughts I on it. I think it's a very American thing, though. And I'm not trying to be, like... Like segregate no, anyone, sense. but it's I I, I see it and it's in, it's such an American thing, mm-hmm. like it really is because I feel like culturally like, hence I'm like half white, half Mexican, but I mean, so I have kind of like the best of both worlds. I'm like Hannah, Mexican Hannah Montana, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the way you're talking about it, it's such an American thing, 
And I, I don't say that. Oh, that's interesting. Like, it's not a bad that thing, is. but it really is a very big part of the American culture. It is. <laughs> because in... I mean, I know that if I want to live uh, with my parents until I get married, I mean, I can. Obviously... And that's acceptable in, in, yeah, in that's Hispanic culture. Yeah, that's perfectly okay. Right. And, um, I mean, obviously, if I work, I'm not going to live there for free. I'm going to, like, give something to my parents to help them out. But I can live there, and it's totally okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I'm 40 and I'm still living <laughs> with my parents, then that's wrong. Work. But, right. <laughs> but like, um, or also because in the American... Um, education system for for hiring like universities um you're basically in the university all the time like you live in the dorms like most schools don't let you live or you go out of state yeah or like if you go out of state like you're living in apartments full of students yeah. and things like that and the way in private universities and even public i don't think there's public universities well there, there's one in mexico no there are a few but there are a few but um it's very rare but like um, you just go to class. Like, it's very rare if you live in campus. Like, I think 3% yeah. of the students live in campus. Yeah, so. it's very weird. So, um, mm. because you have that communal thing that you go back and forth, and when you want to hang out with your friends, you can hang out with your friends. When you don't, you just never go home, go home <laughs> and watch Kimmy Schmidt all weekend and don't return <laughs> your calls. I mean, who's done that? Not me. Um, so I, I, I do get what you're saying because my sister went through that and I, I, I know the culture because I grew up in an American culture. But so, yeah, it's just interesting. Well, to come that. back to the American culture. <laughs> uh, what, I didn't even hear what you said. Just laughing at you. You're like, I don't care about your Mexican culture. We're going back to America. Oh, racist. <laughs> well, I was gonna ask you if it was the same in your culture after I said what I was gonna say. Oh. But go ahead. In, in a, the way that um, the way that academia is still set up, and it's not fair because of all of the economical problems that uh, America has hit. Um, but the way that it's set up is that this leads to that, leads to this, leads to that. Like, it's such a step-by-step -step basis. There is not a, um, there is no lulls to the, to the student life, to the adult life, to the family life. Um, and for that reason, you, you get things like, um, like Ring Before Spring, for example. Like, that's a very funny example of it, but it's like, it's like, well... I need to be married because I finished school. Or Whoa. when people when people get to the end of college, uh, like me for example, and I spent a few months without a job, I was like, what did I do wrong? Because this is not how I wanted it to be and I did nothing to deserve this. Like I just don't get it. Like I keep fighting and it doesn't matter. And it's not to say that there's it's not to say that there's anything wrong with the world, it's just the way that it is. Like, And the moment you become more comfortable with that, it like becomes immensely easier. Like, certain parts of life do have lulls. Like, you do not, um, you do not always have the next thing that you're supposed to have right when you think you're supposed to have it. And Americans are very forward-thinking people. 
um, and people in L.A. are very, very, very <laughs> forward-thinking people. Like, um, people in L.A. like to talk about their dreams more than anything else. And, um, and I appreciate a good talk about dreams. Like, I think that that's a beautiful thing about being human, but we're all having trouble with the now, like being right here and finding peace with the lull or finding peace with the thing that you, you have to live without for a little while or finding, finding peace that you're not on a step because really there are no steps. Like the steps is a made up thing. Life is just a, life is just like an ocean, you know, like it's just constantly wishy-washy and people are constantly wishy-washy. We brought this up, I think in the last episode of the one before it's just, there's, there's just so much concrete set where concrete doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's why um, that's why I hate the phrase "follow your heart," because I'm like I don't want to follow my heart because <laughs> yes, exactly it changes literally like every single day. <laughs> my heart is stupid to be honest, so <laughs> I'd rather not follow it. Oh my goodness, right? Me. But it just yeah, I get what you're saying, and I think that's that's a culture thing, not just American or it's like a worldwide thing that we are so used to live. In what in tomorrow or what we have to do next that like we don't live the now um, and it's almost like we're always like wishful thinking ahead and we don't even know if we're gonna be breathing in the next five minutes when you think about it you really have one moment yeah exactly and I mean I guess when I where I was growing up in Europe it wasn't so like prevalent so it's just like a Coming back into the States was really hard in that sense. And it's one of those things that did not seem hard until, like, it fully hit me how much that people do live in tomorrow. And I was like, what's the, what's the point? Let's just try to get through the moment that we're feeling right now. Let's just get through this day. Let's just get through this yeah. hour. It's so funny that you mention it because when I moved to Mexico, it was so hard for me mm-hmm. because everyone was so slow in compared to my <laughs> rhythm. <laughs> like, everyone was just so chill. That's hilarious. Because, you know, everything, like, in American culture, it's just go, 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 don't you, slow. You know what wasn't uh, fast when you just arrived in Mexico? What? You driving. Because <laughs> I actually followed the, <laughs> the, like... No one does it. The signals. No. Yeah, everyone's a crazy driver in Mexico, but... Uh, I actually followed <laughs> the speed limit. But that's funny that you mention it. Um, John, you've been awfully quiet. Yeah, I, I mean... I've just been listening. <laughs> John is me like, what? Oh, must be I a good know. conversation. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have a whole lot to... I feel like I've talked about it before. I don't... You have, yeah. And I know where you stand, and it... But I don't. Yeah, I mean, it was such a terrible time for me, quite honestly. I mean... I'm sorry. Right, process, yeah. Um... um yeah, I mean, because my whole life I either identified as a student or as a Christian or um, I always identified as a group. And then once I left school, I, I literally had none of it, you know. And so, like, when I stripped myself of all those things, I just had myself. And quite honestly, I didn't like who I – I didn't like what I saw and I didn't know who I was. And it was a very interesting time. <laughs> Um, you know, and it was very lonely. I mean, I can't even like explain the loneliness of it because 
I mean, maybe it was just because we came from such a small school where it was very much like a huge like family get like holiday gathering every day because we lived in the dorms for four years and like every day I just opened my door and there was Mathis and there was all of our other friends and then one day you know you wake up and it's literally just you by yourself miles and, and miles and miles away yeah yeah and I mean and not to like say anything bad about anyone else but once you're not there people forget and it's not because they don't care about you it's just because their lives keep moving on and yours keeps moving on also but you're not at the same place so you kind of just get forgotten and yeah you know then it's like okay now what mm, i think um <laughs> that a, a problem well yeah a problem with people at least with me i can say that is that we tend to compare what we're doing or who we are uh with what other people are doing i just sometimes i gotta wreck, check myself before i wreck myself because the moment I start comparing my life to somebody my age who is somewhat doing the same things, I think that's the moment I just lose it. Yeah. Because, I mean, of course you know that everyone's different and everyone has different circumstances and, and talents and opportunities and things like that, but it's so hard. <laughs> but you forget about it. Exactly, especially <laughs> All when, the you're, time. <laughs> when you're seeing that picture of them holding that Academy Award. You know, you're like, yeah, that should be me. <laughs> that should be me. You know? Um, yeah. And it, especially social media. Like, I think social media, we love validation. Like, going back to the whole, you know, we're, we're people, humans. You know, we need people. So I think social media, that, that whole validation, that whole, like, what I'm doing, that whole look at how awesome I'm doing kind of thing, has right. even made that, that sense even greater. You know, that pressure. Mm-hmm. And I, I love I love social media, uh, yeah. but I would totally agree that that is perpetuating the problem. Yeah, it's the worst part of it. Yeah, and I love social yeah. media too. Yeah, but... me too. I think we all love social media. Yeah, but I think the we moment... can all agree that we have a problem with social media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all do. But I think the moment we're all deep. Well, I mean, I don't I don't think this applies for, or maybe it does. I don't know. I'm not a guy, but for girls. <laughs> The moment you are looking for self-worth, like, for reminders of people who, who are telling you, oh, you're so pretty, oh, look at your makeup, I'm point, you know, things that are so banal and, and, yeah. and really doesn't matter. And you are using social media or Snapchat to get people or kind of like get those compliments that are missing out of your life. I think that's when you start losing who you are because it's almost like you're looking for a reminder of people, you know. To tell you mm-hmm. who you are. I'm... Yeah, I get it. I understand what you're saying. It's like, um, how do you call it? Fishing for likes. Fishing. Yeah, on Facebook, you know, when a girl when a girl um, posts a uh, picture and she's like, like full on makeup and looks short beautiful. shorts and she looks like super beautiful, and everyone's liking her picture. And the know? caption is like, "LOL, woke up like this." Yeah, <laughs> something like that. It just. And it goes back, like, to the media impact. Like, I think the media does a great job of portraying celebrities, you know, with looking very casual, but in reality there was a team of makeup artists and a, and a yeah. hair person. No makeup, makeup. No makeup, makeup, exactly. And it's just, well, for girls, like, right. at least uh, we can relate. Like, it's yeah. a huge, it makes a huge, like, impact because you have, like, this down-to-earth girls, you know, 
celebrities that are your same age and they look like, wait, what? Like, yeah, excuse I, you? Uh, <laughs> last year I went to a music festival and um, there's uh, like two sisters called Say Lulu. I don't know if you know them, but so Heard they went them, on the yeah. stage. They're fucking gorgeous, and I'm like, oh my god, they're probably <laughs> they're probably around thirty or something. So I look at yeah, Google, you're like, god damn it. and they're like twenty three, and I'm no, Shen, I'm twenty three, and I don't look like that. So yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things that you have to compare. Like you start comparing, and you have to remind yourself, like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay that yeah. that I'm here. That I'm a potato. <laughs> and this this comes back to what me and John were talking about a few episodes ago. It's like the world will continually tell you what a man is and what a woman is. Well, that's, uh, that's what I, I asked you guys. I can't remember who emailed that question in. That was you, Anna. Okay. Yeah. So the world yeah. will... <laughs> Snap. You knew that. Um, yeah. So to come back to your question, Anna, like they, the world will continue to tell you what a what a guy like the the paradigm of a guy is and what the the paradigm of a girl is you know or a man and a woman i guess i should say uh <laughs> and i think like i think all of this uh just shows that identity is very much a self-disciplined thing because it can it can continuously get away from you like i still struggle a lot with seeing other people succeed sometimes. I'm like, why? That should be me. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how did that happen? What did I do? And, and I have to stop myself before it turns into a huge tangent in my mind. And I'm like, this doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. This, they're not me. They Your time will come. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it takes, cons it, it takes a lot of consistent self-reflection to be okay with that. And just to go back to, um, like the college experience and leaving that and that identity, I think a hard part for me and John was that you really, you really don't face like a lot of real life struggles whenever you're in college. It's sort of like a, sort of like you just, you're in this like comfy marshmallow where nothing is happening. You're like in a it's bubble. Just really, right. You're in that bubble, like you were saying, and it's just. It just feels like you're very disconnected from a lot of things that are hurting other people. Like, I don't know how to say that in a way that doesn't sound like I'm saying that college students don't struggle with anything. But it's like, the struggles become very transparent once you're outside of that bubble. And you're like, oh, this is what, this is what real world problems look like. Like, Kimmy Schmidt is real world problems. <laughs> Yeah, do you know, and I don't know if it's, if this is just, um, like, a, a private Christian university thing, or if it's not, but my experience, because I, I kind of live both, the Christian one and the not-Christian one, but in the not-Christian one, I can tell you I've seen a lot of people go through real struggles, like, hardcore things, like, hardcore, um, and then we are forced to do 480 hours of community service to graduate. So, <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so, I, I guess, like, for me, I, I, like, struggle or, like, that there is a struggle or that people struggle was never, like, for us, it was never um, that far away, you yeah. know, because we had classmates that one day they just stopped coming. Why? Because, oh, she had an eating disorder 
or this guy who right. one day lost his scholarship because he yeah. had a, a drug problem. Yeah, or, or simply they just didn't have money to, to like pay yeah. for their school, yeah. so they dropped out and and little things like that, or a girl getting an abortion. Like I don't know, if, like I, I, because I've been in a Christian university, like I know this is these are things you don't talk about, and if they do happen, it's very like hush hush, you mm -hmm. know, like oh yeah. He left Honestly, because... I couldn't even tell you how much of that actually happened. Like, not because it was hidden up, but I truly do believe a very low amount of it actually happened. Exactly. So, which is just not real. Yeah, and it's just it's one of those things that, I, I like, not that I've seen it all, but I mean, I've seen I, I've seen people deal through that, so I know how real it is, and I know, like, like Mary was saying, like a, a bunch of her friends, like they're not blessed enough to have their parents pay for their own school, so they have to, you know, pay for their own college. And and it's just right. little things like that, that at least for me, I never felt like I was, you know, um, in this bubble. But because I experienced it, I totally understand where you guys are coming from. And it's so valid. Like, I think both, both scenarios are so valid. Yeah. And um like for me, it was more high school kind of like that, like being in a bubble because everyone, like everyone, seems so disconnected from reality. Yeah. Like uh, I don't know, people were right. talking about, oh yeah, like this uh, one girl, she I don't know was abused or whatever, and I was like, what? That happens? Like no, no, what? no, you're wrong. I'm like what? No, you are wrong. That only happens on TV. Yeah. Um. And I think, yeah, high school, well, I don't know, high school, I actually enjoyed high school, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, most people hate high school. I'm with you, Mary. Yeah, it was <laughs> terrible. Um, but I do, I do feel that, like I said, like, it's just, it's different experiences, and it's so, like, I find, I find it so fascinating that you guys are telling this, uh, because for us, we're kind of like, oh, really? Like, it's so interesting you mentioned that, because for us, it's been totally different. Right, and yeah. I think it's... Go ahead, John. I was just... The cultural thing is very interesting. I, I didn't know that yeah. it was so different. That's kind of an eye-opener. Yeah, Surprise! for sure. And I... <laughs> and coming back to that, like, seeing... You know, comparing yourself to other people's situations, like, it is very hard for me to remember that my college experience is very different from a lot of people's college experiences. Like, I definitely was in the marshmallow. Like... I'd never been so happy in my whole life as when I was in college. Like, I, I was on top of the world, and everything, every sense of, like, time and reality was warped and squishy because I was in the marshmallow. Right. And, yeah. and I know that, and, I mean, I forget, but I'm reminded that that's not everybody's experience with it. Like, what you were saying with there is... In Mexico, you know, like at a university, there is a very low amount of people that are actually living on campus. Like it is not a, it is not an island of a community that everybody knows each other and everybody, um, not that everybody doesn't know each other, but that like you're just running into your friends on a consistent basis. Like everybody is your friend or, you know, yeah. you know, all these people and they're all lovey-dovey all the time. And yeah, it's so clicking it's, here. Definitely. Yeah. Like, and especially because like, and it's a cultural thing. Like college is not a thing that unless you can afford it, you go to like, cause you know, in the U S like there's grants, there's loans and there's different ways of paying for college. Um, so in Mexico, unless you can pay for your college, 
then you just don't go to college kind of thing. So literally everyone... Oh, fascinating. Yeah, literally everyone who is in school comes either from a well-off family or, or yeah. a somewhat, I you mean, know, in, privileged situation. Yeah. In, uh, public universities are good, but then it's very hard to get in. Yeah, like... Because um, there's, like, um, such a great amount of people that don't have the resources to pay for a private university... So they don't, they can't feed everyone. Exactly. I think they have like an acceptance rate of like the 5% or something like that. Um, oh, that's interesting. So anyway, so we go to the largest uh, private university in, in Mexico. And I think it's ranked like number five in Latin America or something like that. Um, cool. So no, it's not. They make you do a bunch of pointless things. Anyways, but what I was saying <laughs> is that... Um, it, it's very clicking here because you have the kids, you know, who've been together since kindergarten and their parents, you know, this was their alma mater. So they put them in the same college kind of thing and they're very frat boy. And then you have the girls who are just waiting for their ring for spring or that their parents were literally like, you know what, you can't get married until you get your college degree. Because that's a thing that happens. Like, it, it's so common. And it's especially still... where we live. Yeah, especially where we live. Um, and then you have girls like us who are just trying to figure out life. <laughs> You know, one day right. at a time. And it's just, I feel like college, for me, uh, because I came, like, I remember, this is kind of a funny story. Uh, my first day, like, they had, like, a little, was it, like, a dinner party? Yeah. Where um, you would meet everyone. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> you would meet everyone from your freshman class kind of thing. So I was very used to the, you know, American experience that it's like a freshman gathering and so you introduce yourself to everyone basically and you're like hey how's it going I'm Anna just moved from the States <laughs> and that was so weird to them they were like who is this girl why is she so peppy like why like and I remember I literally went up to Mary after being you know shunned down by like 30 people being like hi I don't know anybody here nobody wants to be my friend do you want to be my friend and that's how I met Mary like literally yeah. oh that's such a great story <laughs> cute yeah I was like sure you can hang out with me and my friends yeah <laughs> but it just it's it, it's really like it's so mind-boggling when you think about it and this is only two countries and, and in reality like they're so close to each other so really the cultural gap shouldn't be that that big like I remember when I was in Russia, like the cultural weight, like just it just blew my mind how they did culture, how they yeah. did school, and, and it's just it, it's still like I get super existential whenever I think about how big the world is and how little I know of it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. You can only yeah. be in your your own head. You can really un only understand your own life, Experience. and then. Right, and then you get a little bit further, and you're like, I think I understand my city, you know, or I think I understand my campus pretty well, which makes me think that I understand the world, and then you think about it, and you're like, that's so small, and you could continue to go out, you know, like, you could go all the way to your country and be like, yeah, this is the way the world is, and like you were saying, you get really existential, where you're like, there are so many different ways to do everything, because the entire world is doing it all different from each other and I think that it's really fascinating to hear how different your guys's college experience mm -hmm. has been it's very very enlightening yeah well <laughs> well should we should we wrap up sure I think we should thank you for coming on this was loads yeah. of fun 
Thank you for having <laughs> yeah. us. Thank you for inviting yeah, us, totally. guys. This was a lot of fun. I honestly didn't think yeah. we were going to manage to finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We never think we'll finish either, and we always get there. We always do. It always happens. Do you... Uh, would you guys like to plug your podcast if anybody who listens to this would like to go uh, check of it out? Of course. Well, for sure. Um, so you can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud as The Coffee Run, like The Coffee and Run. <laughs> and if you want to connect on Twitter and social media, you can find us as Coffee Run underscore. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> We're really bad at this, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you in a sec. She's she's fact checking. So you can find us at the coffee run underscore. Yeah. Yeah, at the coffee run underscore. And if you want to connect with us, you can email us at coffee run podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, and if anybody would like to send us an email, our email is helloandadu at gmail.com. That's H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-E-U at gmail.com. And you can check out what we're doing on – thank you. And you can check out what we're doing on Twitter um, at helloandadu. Um, yeah. I think that's it. That's this, it, right, John? So. This yeah. been, it's been real, you guys. Right. It's been fun. It has been real. It's been real, real. <laughs> and we bid you adieu. We yes. bid you two adieu. Yeah. <gasps> oh, God Adieu to the co-hosts. Mary <laughs> and Dick. Bye, y'all. Bye. 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 <laughs>